In today's episode, I'm going to be talking about the importance of the humanities in a STEM world, that's science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. And we're going to be answering the question about whether or not there will be jobs available for students who are studying the humanities. So stay tuned. Welcome to Canada Homeschools, the dose of inspiration and encouragement for Canadian homeschoolers. Canada Homeschools features interviews with homeschool group organizers, resource suppliers, and conversations with everyday homeschoolers just like you, all from a Canadian perspective. I'm your host, Rowan Atkinson. I'd like to thank you for joining me. Now let's get started. In 400 meters. In 100 meters. You have reached your destination. The importance of teaching the humanities in a STEM world. This talk will be a little philosophical, but I know you're up to it. I'll be speaking about big ideas, about worldviews, culture, and education. It's an important topic. So, what do I mean by the idea that we are living in a STEM world? STEM is an acronym that refers to science, technology, engineering, and math. And at this time in history, STEM has become the emphasis of education and, indeed, society in many ways. The character Escalito from one of my favorite movies, Nacho Libre, summarizes it best when he says, and I quote, I believe in science. When I was first married and before we had children, I volunteered in a local public school with a wonderful teacher who let me teach all of the grade 8 history for the year. It was also a win for him, obviously. I worked split shifts, so I was available in the afternoon to do this. I remember being so frustrated that there were not even enough history textbooks for each student to have one. I had to pull together all sorts of resources and create curriculum so that each student could have something to work from. It was like the teaching of history was a mere afterthought, a subject they just squeezed in between what was deemed to be really important. There were certainly enough math and science textbooks. This was many years ago. Won't say how many, but I'm glad they sell hair color in the grocery store as an essential service. Back to STEM. In Ontario, the Ministry of Education has stated that their focus is on science, technology, engineering, and math in education. The Government of Canada website states that, quote, as more and more businesses and organizations seek to innovate and to modernize and grow their businesses, the demand for people who can fill STEM-related jobs will only continue to increase. The Government of Canada and its federal partners have put forward several initiatives aimed at increasing the participation of Canadians in STEM, including underrepresented groups such as women, end quote. So, 
I've given you one anecdotal and two factual examples of the fact that we are living in a STEM world. There is another reason we are living in a STEM world. During more recent history, and especially in education or via education, the deconstructionist movement and postmodernism have made a deliberate push to tear down everything that has been traditional and foundational in Western society, and through education has promoted the influence of secular humanism. Traditional views of a creator, the family structure, morals, gender, they have all been deliberately deconstructed and re-evaluated. This movement has removed the understanding of absolute truth. A focus on STEM subjects is a good way to promote secular humanism. To quote the Humanist Manifesto number three, quote, Humanists find that science is the best method for determining this knowledge as well as for solving problems and developing beneficial technologies, end quote. So, as you can see, this is another reason that STEM holds such a high position in education. The slogan of the American Humanist Association is, Good Without a God. That's their slogan. In America, the concept of separation of church and state was created actually to protect the church from the interference of the state, but it has been reframed to keep religion, especially Christianity, out of state education. In the history of Canada, Edgerton Ryerson established the public school system to, quote, make good Christians and citizens, unquote. Now, the religion of secular humanism has replaced Christianity in schools, and this is why many of us homeschool. The emphasis on STEM fits in perfectly with and flows out of secular humanism. I want to be clear that STEM subjects are not bad at all, but I will show that STEM subjects are best when informed by the humanities. Sometimes homeschooling is actually an excellent way, especially if your child has a bent towards STEM subjects, for them to really dive into on a deep level and to excel at STEM subjects. As I said, not an issue about STEM subjects, but STEM subjects are best when they are also informed by the humanities. Let's talk about what I mean by the humanities. I want to be clear that by humanities, I am not referring to the religion of secular humanism. The term humanities actually means the academic disciplines that study aspects of human society and culture. So some examples of this are history, philosophy, theology, literature, law, politics, and the arts. At this point, I must give you a disclaimer that I do create curriculum that falls into the category of the humanities. So now my bias is revealed. But is that my motive for wanting you to teach the humanities? Or is my motive for creating curriculum for the humanities motivated by the belief in their importance? Guess what? No experiment of science will ever help you answer that question. Human beings and societies are much more than the sum of their biology. Cultures are complex, and there is good and evil in the world. There is love, and there is beauty. There are ethics. If you don't think so, why would you get upset if someone took your sandwich or your seat on a bus? Humanities go beyond science. Science asks, can we do this? 
the humanities ask, should we do this? When we teach or simply enjoy a piece of literature, we can ask the deeper questions to determine the author's bias and to determine how good and evil are presented. Worldviews are revealed in literature. We can look and find the Christ story in literature, for example. All the best stories have good versus evil and a sacrificial hero. The classic book, The Wizard of Oz, has evil, obviously represented at first by the bad witches, although there are good witches in the book as well. Early in the book, The Wizard of Oz features as the omnipotent one, with Dorothy being the hero who brings everyone to him to get what they need. But by the end, we discover that there is only a small, powerless man behind the curtain. He also becomes a bad guy by virtue of his fraud, smoke, and mirrors. The characters discover that all they needed was within themselves after all. They have no need of a savior. God is a myth. Humans can be good without God, which just happens to be the slogan of secular humanism. By now, you've probably been thinking that there's another acronym used in education these days, and that is STEAM. Basically, it is STEM, and they add the arts. And that is because the arts are very good method or medium for presenting whichever worldview you want to present. So in the case of the Wizard of Oz, the Wizard of Oz is presenting a secular humanist worldview in the form of a story. Now that I've ruined The Wizard of Oz for you forever, or made it your new favorite, depending on your worldview, let's turn to Narnia and The Lord of the Rings. In Narnia, especially in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, there is a clear allegory of the Christ story. Evil is clearly delineated. There are some creatures from pagan mythology and witchcraft, but the witch is definitely presenting evil or Satan. The Lord of the Rings muddies the water more in terms of good and evil. Good literature grapples with the big questions and they are a tool for training discernment while entertaining us. Jane Austen, for example, wrote delightful fiction, but her humorous portraits of human nature always carry with them a character lesson to be learned. This is also true of films. Star Wars has an allegory of a savior, but it is very much blended with pantheism, the force, and cosmic humanism, which is the religious cousin of secular humanism. Civics, politics, and law are also subjects from the humanities, and your worldview should inform your views about political economy, law, and ethics. For example, do you know what the social institutions are? that are, according to a biblical worldview, they are the family, the state, and the church. These aspects have informed Western civilization over the centuries during the rule of Christendom. So why are the humanities so important in a STEM world? Well, scientific knowledge does not exist in a vacuum because it is sought after by people who bring all of their biases and agendas with them. One piece of evidence can be interpreted in many ways depending on the worldview or presuppositions of the person doing the interpreting. Remember, science asks, can we do this? But the humanities inform the sciences by asking questions like, should we do this?
Applying science without ethics, philosophy, or history can be a disaster. Scientists can learn how to make an atomic bomb, but wisdom, politics, economics, ethics, law, and other humanities need to factor into what is done with that scientific knowledge. Scientists can learn how to manipulate DNA and use stem cells, but ethics, theology, wisdom, politics, economics, law, and the history of eugenics, for example, should factor into how the knowledge could and should be applied or if it should be applied at all. The ideas that I'm discussing today are particularly relevant in the time of COVID-19. Having the discipline of science or an academic degree or a published paper does not necessarily give you wisdom. Knowledge does not give you wisdom automatically. Just because you won a Nobel Prize in chemistry, you aren't necessarily qualified to speak on matters of faith, economics, or law. But in our society, if you are an expert, or I might add, a celebrity, your opinions are sought and valued as wisdom and even shape public policy. I'm going to give an example from COVID-19, not to give you an explicit opinion on it, but to use it as a relevant example of why science needs to be informed by the humanities. Loss of life is always tragic, and my heart goes out to you if you or a loved one is sick. A ruined economy, however, will also bring lasting pain and suffering to many people. It's not that we should care about the economy for the sake of money or materialism. The issue is that the economy is the livelihood of people that are affected by it. Isolation and a lack of social interaction can cause mental health issues. So there are many facets of expertise that need to be considered when making policy. One biological statistician from UCLA Berkeley said that the reason the COVID numbers were lower in California than in New York last year is that California went on lockdown a few days earlier and that made all the difference. The same expert mentioned in passing that Florida waited even longer than New York to shut everything down. When someone looked into the Florida numbers, they found that they were actually lower in Florida than either in New York or California, even though they stayed open longer and have a higher percentage of at-risk elderly people. So this is why we have to be careful about so-called experts. The so-called expert in this case from UCLA Berkeley destroyed the premise of his own hypothesis that early lockdowns flattened the curve last year. I would add a couple of observations to this, and I'm no scientist, but number one, no statistical knowledge would be considered scholarly based on only a sample size of two. Number two, he was trying to perpetuate the assumptions of the projections by using only two examples to support his bias instead of finding out all the facts. And three, he deliberately did not include facts that would render or reveal his hypothesis as being incorrect. These are the people our society is taking its cues from when trying to make wise decisions because they bear the title of scientific expert. Some may be acting with legitimate wisdom, but some may not. Ethics and proper use of statistics are crucial, as well as wisdom, which is what to do with the knowledge that we have. Once again, I'm not trying to pass a judgment on the situation. I'm just trying to give an example of 
the fact that decisions are far more complicated than just being based on the knowledge of science. Our times have provided us with a perfect example of the credence our society places on scientific experts who may or may not have any wisdom to offer our policy makers. Wisdom, as I said, is the right application of knowledge, not knowledge itself. We really need the STEM subjects, but decision-making has to also be informed by the humanities. Earlier in this talk, I mentioned that when I refer to the humanities, I am not referring to the religion of secular humanism. There is actually a debate in the academic world about this. Those that studied the humanities have been referred to as humanities scholars, which became known as humanists just as those who studied science were known as scientists. But the word humanist can also be the term that refers to those who adhere to the philosophical position of humanism. You can be an anti-humanist scholar of the humanities. I read it on Wikipedia, so it must be true. The word humanities came from a Latin expression which meant the study of human culture, education, and refinement or the education that was befitting a cultivated person. It involved a course of study that included grammar, logic, rhetoric, the trivium, history, and moral philosophy, and included much study of Latin and Greek classics. In Christian culture in the Western world, theology and scriptural study were added to this, and the study of literature expanded beyond Latin and Greek classics. So, for example, the architects of the American Constitution would have been educated classically in the humanities. As I'm sure you know, there are many homeschooling styles or methods available. If some of what I've been talking about is sounding familiar, then you may be thinking of the classical education style of homeschooling, which is based on the study of the historical humanities. The Charlotte Mason method also uses much of the same kinds of material, but has less emphasis on the trivium and memorization. So learning about the humanities can help you create a style of homeschooling that covers the things that you think are important for learning, and you can add them in to whatever you are doing. You can prepare your children for life in the culture, and you can also equip them for their post-secondary journey. If your child takes a degree in a secular university, and even if they study the humanities, the humanities they study will be from the perspective of humanism, as I have mentioned. All the more reason to teach them your worldview's perspective on the humanities as they are growing up, so they are armed to stand strong in the face of all other narratives. Teaching them to be an anti-humanist humanities scholar is very important if you don't want them to become a secular humanist. If you do want them to become a secular humanist, they'll be right at home. Teaching them logic and critical thinking is crucial. If they study STEM, the humanist worldview will be dominant in these subjects as well, and they need to be equipped by the humanities to understand culture, society, lessons from the past, ethics, values, and wisdom. In terms of post-secondary journeys, enrollment in STEM majors is up 63% and, in the humanities, only 25%. Our society has been told that all the jobs will be in STEM and that there are no good jobs in the humanities. What's your view on post-secondary education? I hope you don't mind that I share mine with you for a moment. 
My view of post-secondary education has three main ideas. Number one, I want my kids to have a post-secondary certification, whether it be in trades, college, university, or some other qualifying program like biblical counseling or certified property manager. I think it's good to have something beyond high school and it sets the stage for being a lifelong learner. Number two, I think the post-secondary path should fit the bent, aptitudes, and desires of the student and also help them reach their vocational goals. For example, if my child wants to be a teacher, they need to attend university. If they want to be an entrepreneur, then an entrepreneurial college diploma will be more helpful than a bachelor's in business, which would prepare them more for the corporate cubicle. Parents should not pressure their kids to become a doctor if that's not their bent. Number three, I'm very pragmatic about it. I don't believe they should spend $60,000 on a liberal arts degree just to find themselves or figure out what they want to do. I have used my degree and appreciate it, but it doesn't hurt to be cost-effective, practical, and focus on the end goal. We don't need to follow the world or impress the world with our career or post-secondary choices. Our eldest daughter took two years of college without debt, and now she earns more than we do and is making a difference in her world. All that being said, what is up with the importance of the humanities in a STEM world? Well, here are nine reasons that the humanities are important, and I got them from an article by Kurt Rice of Science Imbalance. Number one, the humanities help us understand others through their languages, histories, and cultures. Number two, they foster social justice and equality. Number three, and they reveal how people have tried to make moral, spiritual, and intellectual sense of the world. Number four, the humanities teach empathy. Number five, they teach us to deal critically and logically with subjective, complex, and imperfect information. Number six, they teach us to weigh evidence skeptically and consider more than one side of every question. Number seven, humanities students build skills in writing and critical reading. Number eight, the humanities encourage us to think creatively. They teach us to reason about being human and to ask questions about our world. And number nine, the humanities develop informed and critical citizens. Without the humanities, democracy could not flourish. So once again, that's from Science Imbalance by Kurt Rice. And I could not agree more with the last point. Without the humanities, democracy could not flourish. Let's look at careers. Is the outlook on careers in the humanities really so bleak? Here are some statistics about careers in the humanities that may not may surprise you. I got them from forhumanities.org. So according to forhumanities.org, almost 60% of CEOs and heads of product engineering have degrees in the humanities. Of the top 100 companies on the Financial Times Stock Exchange, of their CEOs, 34% came from a humanities and arts background, over 31% having a STEM background. In the United Kingdom, 65% of members of Parliament had degrees in the humanities, with only 10% having a STEM degree. And I can assure you that Winston Churchill had a classical education in the humanities when he warned about and then stood up against the Nazis in World War II. In Canadian statistics, in the economic recession of 2008, 
94% of arts graduates and 91% of graduates from other humanities remained employed only slightly below engineers and medical workers. In a survey of employers, 89% said they wanted their staff to have strong written and verbal communication, and 81% wanted their employees to have the skills of critical thinking and analytic reasoning. These are skills that are developed through the study of the humanities. So, if your child is bent toward the humanities, take courage. The employment outlook is not so bleak after all. Thank you for tuning in and happy homeschooling Canada. Thank you so much for listening. You can find helpful links and show notes for this episode at our website, canadahomeschools.com. Please share this podcast with your friends and leave a rating and positive review on your podcast provider. This will help others find their dose of inspiration and encouragement. Happy homeschooling, Canada! Hee <laughs> hee!